Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 22nd at five minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We've been talking about it for a long time. The laptop from hell. Why does it matter to you? Well, we'll get into that in just a bit. James Comer at a press conference of the House Oversight Committee said the committee is investigating Joe Biden's suspicious financial dealings with his son, also alleged connections to businesses in China, Ukraine, and other nations. He said the committee is investigating the politicization and alleged corruption of the DOJ as well. Yeah, so this, so they had uh, another uh, event. Co- so Comer is going to be the guy who's mm-hmm. he's a representative from Kentucky who's going to lead the charge. Him and Jim Jordan are going to be the two in the oversight committee who are going to lead this investigation. And yesterday, he kind of walked through what the Republicans are going to look at in attempting to make the case against the Bidens. Well, as I said at the press conference, we're focused squarely on the bank violations and the bank records. The reason we're focused on the bank violations is because the Biden family has an unprecedented 150 bank violations. These are called suspicious activity reports. I have two in hand. Just from the two in hand that I have, I can tell you this is very serious. And that's why we're pursuing an investigation of Joe Biden. Uh, Secondly, if you look at the emails and text messages that Hunter sends to various people, he's complaining about having to keep his father up. He says he pays his father's living expenses. Now, let's think about this. Hunter Biden's only source of income were from China and Russia, our adversaries. So he's taking money from China and Russia for uh, influence peddling. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. And then he's, according to himself in his text messages and emails, he's then turning around and paying his father's living expenses. That's why we want the bank records. So we're looking at the bank records and the bank violations. Um, so can you tell me how you got those those two SARs? Yeah, that we got them from sources. Uh, now they're on the internet, so uh, we could put as much on there as uh, our council would let us. Obviously, there's some names and personal information. You know, what I've been saying about these suspicious activity reports all the time uh, is that when you get one of those bank violations, not only does your account freeze, any account that you've had a transaction with within a certain time period is also frozen. Uh, that's why banks don't like to do these suspicious activity reports. Contrary to what the Washington Post fact checker says, they say, well, banks give these out all the time. That is not true. I was a director of a bank for over a decade. The, the last thing a bank wants to do is issue one of these suspicious activity yeah, reports. let alone so 150. You, 150, and right. you can see how many accounts were flagged for, for doing uh, spinoff transactions from a Hunter Biden uh, transaction. So the, the bank violations are very detailed and uh, they will take us where we want to go with respect to determine whether or not Joe Biden was a financial beneficiary of Hunter's shady business deals and whether or not Joe Biden's compromised because of this money that he was receiving from China and, and Russia. So the issue here is not going to be whether the Republicans can make the case that Hunter Biden is a total skeezy turd ball. 
They will. He is. <laughs> and whether Joe Biden is somehow connected into Hunter Biden being a totally skeezy turd ball, he is. They will. Mm -hmm. It's whether the American people are going to be able to understand mm -hmm. how they have been just completely sold out by these people. And the most important thing the Republicans will have to do is is to explain to people how it has affected their lives. Mm -hmm. Because the I think the election this past year should have shown us, unless you can tell people directly, here's how you're being harmed and here's how voting for this person will harm you further. They are, we are so partisan now that it's going to be tough to move people. So they need to focus on not just the evidence itself, but then articulating to people why they need to care about why this. Why it matters to them. So now we're all becoming experts on SARS, Suspicious Activity Reports. So this is a document that financial institutions file whenever they suspect a case of money laundering or fraud. It gives governments an opportunity to spot and analyze trends and patterns across the spectrum of not only personal but organized crimes. And with 150 SARS being flagged, obviously, they see a trend here. So Hunter was at the turkey pardon the other oh, day yes. with the president. So, I mean, this is just a very, very small example of why this matters. If Hunter is guilty, he's pretty close to the president. I mean, he was at the White House just in the past 24 hours, hanging out with the leader of the country. So CBS now- They're back on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. Well, 769 days later, CBS, two years, over two years, they have finally admitted that the laptop was real. And we commissioned an independent forensic review to determine its authenticity. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Harris joins us now with what we found. Catherine, I'm very interested. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. These House Republican investigations are coming, and that could be a challenge for the White House as we head into 2023 and 2024. The laptop data we had analyzed showed no evidence it was faked or tampered with. You don't say. So those of us who live in reality knew from the moment it was presented that it was real because there was a chain of custody, including the person who vouched and said, yeah, the dude brought it in here and left it here. And then the dude, in this case, being Hunter Biden, and then Bob Alinsky, mm -hmm. Hunter Biden's former business partner, came out and said, yeah, that's his. That's totally real. And what people need to realize what happened is that the mainstream national media, along with big tech, conspired mm -hmm. with the Democrat Party, working as arms and extensions of each other to withhold and manipulate information you received to help Joe Biden win an election. Yeah, this is one of the biggest problems. It's not the lewd pics, not the drugs, not even the name dropping. It's the fact that the media elites ignored the whole thing they censored it. They buried it on the grounds that nothing, nothing, not even the truth, was allowed to stop Joe Biden from going to the White House. They colluded to cover the whole thing up. And if you doubt what we're saying, listen to this piece of audio. Corinne Jean-Pierre got asked the other day if Joe was involved in Hunter's business dealings. Now, Casey, at a immense risk here, 
on these public airwaves, will you role play with me for a second? <laughs> Don't give it a shot. Uh, okay, let's ask the question. I would like you to ask me this question. Mm-hmm. Rob Kendall, is your dad involved with you in any corrupt or illegal business dealings? Go. Is your dad involved with you in any corrupt business dealings? No, absolutely not. I am outraged you would even ask that question. There is no proof of that whatsoever because it did not happen. That sounded like some conviction. Okay, now let's see how cringe John Peer answered the question. Can you address whether the president was involved in any of his son, uh, Hunter, or his brother's uh, foreign business deals? So, look, I, you know, um, there's there's some a little bit of uh, interesting, uh, you know, kind of on-brand uh, thinking here because, um, you know, congressional Republicans uh, ran uh, saying that they were going to fight inflation. Uh, they said they were going to make that a priority. They were very clear about that these past uh, several months, and instead what they're doing is they're focusing, uh, you know, they're focusing, they're making their type priority. They get the majority and their type priority is actually not focusing on the American families, but focusing on the president's family. Deflect. Deflect. Did you hear no? Was there no? No. Is there a no, a denial in there anywhere? There's some on-brand thinking here. (laughs) Okay, so Joe Biden and Donald Trump were fighting it out in a presidential election, and the broadcast media, the liberal media, political campaigners, billionaires, overlords of the World Wide Web, they were all about stopping this laptop story. They weren't going to let it come out because that would paint Joe Biden in a bad light, and they were not having it. All right, Casey, it is the giving season. So I have a proposal for you. What's that? That when we come back, we give the audience something special. Mm-hmm. And that is because we got so many good phone calls, voicemails yeah. uh, this morning that we do a couple segments so we can get to as many of these as possible because there are some great, uh, great phone calls from Fantastic. the audience. Fantastic. Okay. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you'd like to contribute. And we're going to hear from you next on 93 WIBC. Seven six eight four eight four four four. That's the phone number. We'll get to your phone calls in just a sec. A couple trending stories this morning. Herschel Walker releasing a new ad targeting transgender athletes. Also trending in the World Cup, Saudi Arabia scored one of the biggest World Cup upsets ever by beating Lionel Messi's Argentina Argentina two to one yesterday. I, I I real quick. I watched. I tried to be patriotic. Yeah. I watched the first half of the American game. Uh, when they were playing Wales? Against, yes, Wales. Mm-hmm. And I love my country. Did you like their warm-up shirts? Casey. They were tie-dyed? They were kind of cool. Casey. Yeah. This soccer thing. I know, you're not a soccer fan, is but. Is the most boring thing mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm world no, and i exciting. feel i feel terrible because i tried to do a bonding thing and i went over to watch part of it with my dad mm-hmm. i said is he into it <laughs> no <laughs> he looked at me like i he's seen a ghost when i said hey uh you want to watch the soccer together and i forced him to participate in 50 minutes of this and i know i do not deny that there are hundreds of millions of people who this engrosses their every second in existence, Mm -hmm. but soccer is the most 
boring yeah and this thing. is uh this is coming from the same guy who wakes up at 5 a.m to watch golf yeah right because at least everything Thank you kevin but everything in golf matters every shot matters soccer 90 percent of it is them just kicking the ball just back and forth they're not even trying to score every golf shot is about trying to it, score you're trying to get the ball in the hole 90 percent of the suckers i'll kick it back to the goalie he'll kick it back to me what about I'll the kick it over uh, to fred i'll kick it over to jim back to fred back to jim do something <laughs> They are doing something. They're doing nothing. It takes a lot of foot skill. Have you ever really watched a soccer player dribbling the ball and juggling it and the things they do with their feet? You're taking for granted how uh, talented they truly are. Yeah, it takes finesse. Yes. I didn't say say they have to be a cheer. I'm saying 90% of the thing is them not attempting to score. No, it is. No, there's a lot to consider because they don't want to pass the ball up when someone's off sides. That person's got to get back behind the defensive A woman's going to explain sports to me. You know what, Rob? I played soccer when I was seven years old before it was even a thing. Uh Went on to play through college. I'm a licensed referee. I was an administrator. Yes. A marketer, daughter played the entire time, the time she was five until college. And you know what? It is so popular in youth sports. Why are all these kids in Zionsville and Carmel and Fishers? They're all playing soccer oh, because it's fun to play. Oh, here we go. Uh, you know, when I, 30 years ago, when I was a kid, I heard how soccer was going to overtake the world. It's the it's the next sport. Not only did the soccer, soccer is yeah. very popular it, worldwide. Yeah. Why do we stink? <laughs> We always stink. Well, the, never, women's, it, it, the women's team just won no, the World Cup. Oh, women's on. women. We're talking about men right now, and our men's team, we didn't even make it the <laughs> it last It never time. caught on in America, but it is very popular in the rest Where of the world. Where do we live? Do we live in Germany? Do we, we live in Bulgaria? <laughs> do we live in Mexico? <laughs> do we live in Iran? Or do we live in America? Your, your lack of appreciation it's for the, the beautiful game. game. I tried. It is the beautiful game. Did you play? Uh, I played when I was like five. No, but he's, he I, I was studied abroad. This is why he's a total homer for this stuff no. because he's a he's a foreign educated person. I live in America. You know what football <laughs> is in America? It's the Denver Broncos against the San Francisco okay, 49ers. Okay, you know what? You just mentioned a uh, sport that. Typically, women don't play, so soccer gives females an avenue for athletics. What what are you what, what do you mean? I can, I can see that. Well, no, what, what well, do you yes. say? Women play all sorts of the same yes, sports I, that men yeah, play. Yeah, I guess that, that's true too. I they mean, don't basketball, play football. softball, but they don't play American football, golf, yeah. cross country. I'm not I'm not saying you don't have to be in shape. I'm saying Casey. Oh, to play soccer, you do have to be. I in didn't. Shape. I did. And I know you're getting very angry at me right now. But what I'm saying is, what I observed <laughs> of the 50 minutes that I watched, and I went into it open minded, and I said I want to support my country. It was 50 minutes of which at least 40 of it, probably 45 of it, was people kicking the ball backwards. What other sport is 90% of the stuff you going backwards? In the Indy 500, are they going backwards? No, they're going forwards. <laughs> and they were kicking. Kick it to the goalie. The goalie kicks it forward. They kick it back to the goalie. The goalie kicks it. wasn't like shots on goal. There were very few. And that's the biggest complaint that most people have is that it's a low-scoring game. Hockey's not a high-scoring game either, but you wouldn't say that that lacks action, would you? Well, do you see me cheerleading for hockey? But also hockey's a much shorter field, or rink in this case, mm-hmm. or ice. Mm-hmm. So you're always moving for there are much there are many more shots on goal than there are in soccer. I should not get excited if a guy kicks the ball from the it's not half court in soccer. What's it? Half pitch? Half, half is, pitch. did I get it right? Yeah, you look can at me. Say that on the pitch. I'm so brilliant I can get it right on something I know nothing about. Half pitch <laughs> and it sails ninety three feet over the goalie's head, but because it was a shot on goal, because there were like three of them in the fifty minutes. 
Oh my gosh, he got it within 90 feet of the goal. Let me, Whoa. Let me tell you something. If you ever spoke like this in England or <laughs> Brazil. He would never make it out you, of the pub, you would, would he? You would get flogged in the street. I think that Rob and I should have a PK shootout and see really who can handle yeah, the like ball. I like that idea. Yeah. And, and this is why I don't leave the country. You know what I don't have to worry about? America. Uh, we got. Sorry, I, I, go ahead. I know you got another trending story. I oh, just, you know what? It was, it was about football. It's the uh, Army and Navy game. The midshipmen have unveiled their new uniforms for the 123rd meeting uh, with the Black Knights, and they are focusing on NASA. 54 Navy graduates have gone on to become astronauts, and for the Army-Navy game, Navy is recognizing those people. Hot take. With their uniforms. Uh, Not really a take, but a question. (laughs) If you don't actually go into, because I'm not going to take the heat on this one. I want want you guys to take the heat on this one. I take the heat on enough around here. Okay. If you don't actually go into space, are you, should you be considered an astronaut? Yeah, if you work on ships. And yeah. You, yeah. Really? Yeah. If you don't actually get up into space? Yeah. Because when I think of an astronaut, other I think qualifi- of someone who goes into space. Yeah, but there's other qualifications. I mean, I mean it, it, is, it like, is it like the equivalent of the guy with the PhD who says, I'm a doctor? No, you're a guy who went to school a whole bunch. I mean, if you don't go into the space, mm-hmm. if there's no actual risk to your... You're, person. You're, you're, you have the same skill set just because you weren't one of the lucky ones who was chosen to go to, I mean, it's not. Well, yeah, but uh, but it, but technically Todd Rokita had the skill set to be attorney general as he has a law license. We've always, we're, we've seen what sort of lawyer he is. <laughs> I'm just, I'm asking, like, if you don't go, do other astronauts. You judge worked it? at NASA do, do, and you qualify? No, no, well, no. Go uh, ahead. Um, so I looked up the definition of astros. Yeah. So I'm trying to break this word yeah. down. It says... How very foreign of you. Related to stars, <laughs> celestial bodies, and outer space. Mm-hmm. So that's related to... So if they're doing something in a field that's related to that, right. I think they could be called an astronaut. But my question is, it's like, you know, doctors get upset when the PhD people who are professional students say, well, I'm a doctor of whatever. No, you're not. You don't practice medicine. You're insulting me. Do the astronauts who go into space, who actually could get sucked out into the vast, wide universe at any given moment, do they look at the people who are they just look down on, on the ground in a lab somewhere going, you're not an astronaut. I'm, I'm an, an astronaut. astronaut. <laughs> astronaut is, right? Please tell us. Star Voyager. Oh. Really? Yeah. So Astro, Astro meaning star and right. not meaning Voyager C, or Explorer. C. And so Kurt Darling. Kurt, weigh in on this. If yeah. you don't go into space, would yeah, you consider ex- that so an astronaut? So by that definition, no. No, if you're, not, if, you're, if you're not in space, you're not an astronaut. Yes! Okay. That's, it's, I mean, that's the literal Latin definition of the word astronaut. I knew, I knew three years of Latin in high school would pay off finally. This what? is why Kurt Darling is the greatest. three years of Latin in high school? My mom made me, actually. Brownsburg High School, that's what he does. Yeah, because it was Kurt horrible. Darling- <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Darling is a national treasure, and he's next with the news. It's 93 WIBC. I bet he got an A-plus in that class, too. Nope. Or would that be Astro and Jane from the Jetsons? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kendall and Casey show, Rob. Casey's here. Okay, we'll get to the voicemails now. It's 93 WIBC, 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you'd like to contribute. And what do we have on deck today? Well, obviously yesterday we got into a long conversation about the photo that uh, surfaced of John Mellencamp mm-hmm. not standing for the national anthem at the Colts game. That obviously has now made national news. There is, as far as I know, yet to be any sort of explanation from Mellencamp, and people are not happy. Hi, Robin Casey. I was just listening to your commentary on John Mellencamp's behavior, or apparent behavior, at the Colts game yesterday. Um, I was 
at the Colts game yesterday, and the thing that struck me the most is that there were Gold Star families and veterans in the crowd because it was the Colts tribute to uh, Veterans Day. And if you're not going to stand for the anthem, fine, whatever, be a jack wagon. But if you're not going to stand with those people in the building, then something is seriously wrong. Right. It's not what you have to do. It's what you should do. And people in this country, since the inception of the country, have sacrificed, have died, have given everything for America to be the place it always should have been. And that is what standing for the national anthem is all about. Mm -hmm. And for someone like John Mellencamp, who has been afforded immense wealth and fortune and an incredible, incredible life based on the liberties and freedoms afforded to him because of those sacrifices made by those people, it's uber disrespectful That's what i wrote down disrespectful not to stand yeah all right uh so we got and uh, again we'll we'll kind of keep talking about this and until this story goes away people are really into it and they're really upset about it and i think they've got a, a, a lot of right to be upset um got several calls we obviously mike pence was on with tony katz mm-hmm. this morning but we talked about mike pence yesterday we got several calls about mike pence let's get to some of those you were talking about mike pence my opinion, Mike Pence is a typical politician. Doesn't care about the people. He gets nothing accomplished. And he will do and say anything to advance his political career. I still think that was the only reason he even took the offer to be Trump's running partner. Not because he liked Trump or even his policies. He's seen it as an opportunity to get his name out there all in the news and try to move his political career forward, period. Love the show. Keep up the good work. It's a good point. Yeah. He didn't even get along with Trump. No. But yeah. saw it as an opportunity to put the VP behind his name. You know, I think the bigger part of this conversation, and I always try to do this when we talk about these career politicians, is our country was founded on the idea that you do the government service begrudgingly but out of a sense of obligation and love of country and then you do it and you look about you look at how the very early leaders of this country operated most of them you do that to the best of your ability for a short period of time and then you go back to doing the thing that you did before Mm -hmm. because you were not supposed to, nor never intended, nor they couldn't fathom the idea of people getting rich into politics. It was literally government service. The problem with so many of these politicians now, and Mike Pence is one of them, they don't have the thing to go back to. The polit- politics is the thing. It is. You're, you're right. 100%. Look at Mike Pence. He has achieved wealth beyond belief. I think it was rumored he got $2 million as the front on this book deal. Where else is Mike Pence going to make $2 million? And where else, as we laid out earlier, given Mike Pence's pretty pathetic record of actual governance, take the speeches out, take his express policy positions out from a congressman to a governor Mm -hmm. to vice president. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of accomplishments here, and yet he is now uber wealthy and lives in a gigantic house in Zionsville slash Carmel. Where else would he do that other than politics? Mike Pence now is looking for the next exit ramp. 
He's always looking for the next exit ramp because for, and again, so many of these, whether it's Bernie Sanders or whoever, they avoid a real job like the plague because they cannot make the amount of money that they would make or, and are making being in politics. And this is why we have the people leading the country we do because we will reward opportunism. Well, and had it not been for his vice president's, you know, the two million dollars for the book, nobody yeah. would give a rat's ass about that book. Right. Well, and I, and had I, he not well, been we, vice president, well, and we've had this conversation, and I've had it with multiple people now, and no one has yet to look at me and go, "No, they absolutely will." I cannot see, given what the advance on that book was, and the the cost to print the book, and the marketing that goes along with it, and whatever, that uh, they're going to make money off this book because it was two years ago. Most people have totally moved, moved on. on. There's nothing else about Mike Pence that you would go because it's not like he's going to get in there and tell the nitty-gritty details. Now, maybe he'll run for president so some of us can tell some nitty-gritty details. But it's not like Mike Pence is going to tell a bunch of nitty-gritty details about things that will make him look in a negative light, which is what people want to read. When you write a tell-all, people mm -hmm. want you to tell all, mm -hmm. especially when you've spent nearly 25 years in high-level elected office. But Mike Pence is always thinking about the next Thing. Or the image. How does this make me look? And that's why I've heard this from multiple people about these interviews that he's done in which he doesn't give you anything that says, I want to read this book because all of his answers are calculated. You loathe Trump. Say it. You loathe Trump from the moment you took that gig as vice president. That would be at least entertaining yes. to read. I would, I would consider if Mike Pence is going to, here's what I really think about Donald Trump. Boom, go. Okay, now you have my attention. You were not a victim on January 6th. You were not a victim throughout Donald Trump's presidency. Donald Trump didn't storm the Capitol. He didn't tell anyone to storm the Capitol. The, now the Twitter's back up. We can all see the videos and the, and the tweets of telling people to go home and be peaceful. He would never say that, though, because if he does have designs on running for president, he knows he would lose every single Trump supporter if he said what he really felt about Trump. Yeah. He's not going to do that. You're you're right. Okay, we got uh, more calls on Pence. Go ahead. You're speaking about Mike Pence right now, and I just wanted to share my thoughts on Mr. Pence. I believe that uh, one of the best things that President Trump ever did was get Mike Pence in Washington, D.C. for those four years of his tenure and out of Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say, because he really balanced Trump out. We needed someone with some common sense, some hardcore conservative values with Trump. No, to get him out. And I will continue yeah. to ask this question. <laughs> if indeed it is about doing the right thing and speaking the truth, because we know Mike got a colossal amount of money for this book deal. And it was not like Mike was previously living in a gutter somewhere. And this was, you know, he's not uh, Eddie Murphy. What's the Eddie Murphy movie where he becomes trading, a, trading, trading places, trading places yeah. uh, with Dan Aykroyd. How much of this money is Mike Pence going to give to the people who were wronged by the Kill Brothers Oil Company, of which Mike Pence was a prolific investor, of which his brother Greg Pence, who has since been rewarded for his terrible behavior by becoming a U.S. congressman, uh, left a local bank holding the bag on millions of dollars in un unpaid loans, left the taxpayers with millions of dollars of responsibility to clean up the Pence family mess. How much of Mike Pence, if this is about doing the right thing, is going to make going to make us whole as taxpayers? Zero. Mm -hmm. Zero dollars of it. Mike Pence 
is an incredible articulator and orator. He's a great speaker, but there is just nothing to him that you would say, I really want to be around that, and I really want that leading the nation. And these interviews, and I thought Tony did a great job. Tony pressed him. Tony did a nice job. I'm sure he'll play it again at noon. This just inability to have a resolute opinion other than vague platitudes and talking points because you're desperately wanting to be president of the United States, and you know if you say what you really think of Trump, you will burn whatever right, small chance mm -hmm. exists. It's not interesting. Mm -hmm. Like I'm listening to that interview going, come on, man. We all know what you think of him. We all know what your wife thinks of him. We all know what you always thought say of him. It. Say it. Say it. Just be a man and say what you think of Trump. Yeah, and you keep saying that he's a great orator, and I, I disagree. I find him boring. Well, you're very mean. And I'm the nice one in this. Oh, right. That's <laughs> the way it is. Do we have one more phone yeah, call? Yeah, we, we got, uh, we got a, again, because you get a lot of phone calls about Trump, DeSantis, et cetera. Go ahead. Hi. I just wanted to my opinion on people's opinion about Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump talks a lot. I'm a Donald Trump supporter. I get tired of hearing just like everybody else. But he does have control of things. We need his toughness again, the shape the country is in right now. We need him to get us back out to normal like we were before Joe Biden took over. And DeSantis, I agree that DeSantis would be a great president also, but I don't think he's got the toughness that Donald Trump has because Donald Trump doesn't care what you think about him. He just wants to take care of the country. Donald Trump has the money to say what he wants. Yes. To be tough. Yes. They call that blank you money. Yeah. <laughs> and Ron DeSantis does not have that sort of money, but I think Ron DeSantis is tough. And I think the bigger question here is, and I think this is the question we keep asking, and the Trump people don't have the answer yet, is what is Trump's case to say it will be different this time and this time I will get across the finish line. Look, I, I freely admit in 2020, I bought, you know, I went to the boat things. I saw the people with the flags. I thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to just smoke Biden. But then you realize boat guy is only one vote. Mm -hmm. And boat guy doesn't bring a lot of people to the dance outside of other boat guys. Same thing with flag guy. If, if you are a Donald Trump supporter, you've got to figure out, he's got to figure it out and ex explain it to you, but you've got to explain it to other people because you're a messenger. What is going to be different this time, mm -hmm. and how does Donald Trump get enough electoral votes to be president of the United States? Because clearly, Joe Biden being an incompetent, bumbling buffoon who may or may not know where he's at or who he is a whole bunch of the time, has not motivated people to vote for Trump. Clearly, we saw that happen again in the midterms in which John Fetterman is about to be a U.S. senator. So what is going to be different this time? And until you have an answer for that, you have a highly flawed candidate who is likely not going to be his party's nominee. I do agree with that man who called, we do need the toughness that Trump brought. And I like his nickname, Joke Biden. That's a new one. That's good. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Morning, it is 1047 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer's in the wait, studio. Wait, just let it go for a second. Oh, okay. This is great. Mm -hmm. Is this Bruce Springsteen? Yes! Hang on. <laughs> Here we go. You're going to sing too? Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go 
was well before his DUI, right? <laughs> he did not get a DUI. He got charged with one. People get charged with things all the time. Jason Aaron now on the side of a rogue, out-of-control prosecutor. <laughs> hey, let's talk about uh, Delphi really quick because they had that uh, trial today and the documents are remaining sealed. So that was a big nothing burger. It was a big waste of everybody's time today. Uh, today was the day where the judge was going to decide if he was going to unseal the affidavit mm-hmm. to which we could maybe find out how we got to this point, the arrest of Richard Allen, mm-hmm. or keep it sealed up. What we got today was what most courts do all the time, kick the can down the road. The judge basically says, you know what, for right now, we're going to keep it sealed up. But if I change my mind down the road, we'll open it up. So it was a big waste of everybody's time today. Um, I know the family members of one of the victims is very adamant about keeping it sealed. Mm. And I've always said, I will defer to those folks who have gone through the horrific things. If that's what they want, go ahead. But I think you're going to have some legal issues here, legally, if... This guy, Richard Allen, is locked up with like this $2 million bail, whatever it is. And his attorneys are going to be like, no, wait a minute. You're kind of swaying public opinion against this guy. And you're not letting anybody know how you got him. Mm -hmm. Do you have legitimate reasons for charging him with this? His attorneys are already asking for the bail to be lowered Mm -hmm. substantially. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and we talked about this earlier before the ruling came down. The thing that the legal system is one of the most brilliant things our founding fathers set up in which the onus is on the people bringing the charges to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And look, you know, we the thing that's the thing that separates us from banana republic type stuff is that you can't it's not England circa 1613. You can't just throw somebody in a dungeon and say, well, what happened to that person? Don't know. And I think it's complete crap that they're not letting the public see when even Doug Carter told you guys, and he's certainly not in the tank for the defense, that now this won't jeopardize the investigation at all. Right. And unless they've got a murder weapon or somebody has got something that says he, you know, is the guy, you know, they're going to have to prove that he's guilty in this country, whether you like it or not, you're innocent until you are proven guilty. Let's see what proof they have that this is the guy. Does he look like the sketch? Yes. But, and Rob, you know, because we've covered this story for a long time. Rob, you were there. You were there. <laughs> There's a bunch of dudes who have looked like right. the sketch mm-hmm. right. that turned out not to be the guy. Right. So, All right, you posed an interesting question on social media the other day, and it sparked a fury of response, as your interesting questions often do. What was it? The movie A Christmas Story, mm-hmm. not the new sequel, not right. the new one, like the original, like 1982, Ralphie, Red Ryder, mm-hmm. BB Gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Technically, should that be in the category of an action movie? <laughs> now, hear me out on this. What? We had a big debate in our house this weekend. So in A Christmas Story, it features fighting, mm-hmm. blood, swearing, somebody almost loses their tongue, somebody almost loses their eye, a kid is kicked in the face, there's gunplay, and somebody gets shot. Now, if I told you all of those things were happening in a Stallone movie yeah. or a Bruce Willis movie, you'd be like, hot damn, I bet that sounds exciting. But all of those things happen in a Christmas story, so I feel like that should warrant an action movie title. You know, this is interesting, and you're swaying. <laughs> (laughs) me because when you I saw you post it on Facebook I thought this is wholly ridiculous and this is a spinoff of 
is Die Hard a, a Christmas, Christmas movie, movie. Right. Or, or not? And you were just getting a cheap a bunch of cheap clicks here. But now that you've said it out loud, I really do think this is a worthwhile debate because you're right. If just on description alone, and and you ask somebody starring Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever, mm-hmm. you would be hot to trot. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some validity to this that it that it may indeed be an an action movie. I don't know many action movies where the lead character gets their mouth washed out with soap, though. But there's always quirky things in every yeah. action movie that make the hero look a little bit relatable, yeah. right? Um, but if I told you, hey. Which actor has a movie where somebody almost loses their tongue and an eye in the same movie? <laughs> and yeah. loses their tongue. Is it going to be, you know, Stallone? Is it going to be The Rock? Is it going to be Schwarzenegger? Or is it going to be Peter Billingsley? <laughs> yeah. It's a, by the way, have you seen the new uh, Christmas story? I have. We watched it over the weekend. And? I, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be my old producer, TKW, who would spoil <laughs> it for people because he was just a rotten SOB. <laughs> Um, I will just say this. It's not really a comedy. You'll be sad, I think, more than happy. Oh. So you have all these years. Okay, where are we at, too, that 40 years, we're doing the sequel 40 years later, and it's the guy, right? Like, it's the same guy. Right, Ralphie, his real name is Peter Mm -hmm. Billingsley. Mm -hmm. He's also a director. He, He was an elf and some other things. Where are we at? That uh, this just seems like a cash grab to me. That forty years later, he's continuing the story. We're continuing the the, the story. Mm-hmm. Did you find it to be that? Because oftentimes in sequels, you'll get about twenty minutes in and realize they stole my money. This was a slow starting movie, but if you like the first one, you will like this one. It, I mean, it's a trip down memory lane. That's nostalgia, right? And I don't necessarily think it's a cash grab if people are watching it and want it, right? Was Top Gun 2 a cash grab? Clearly not, because it made like a billion dollars at the box office. So uh, it starts really slow, but it's your same characters as the first one. They're just mm-hmm. grown up, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a good watch. Are the bumpus dogs in it? You got to get through about the first 25 minutes of it, and then you'll be okay. Okay, real quick. uh, You and I had a conversation a little bit over a month ago about the Indiana Pacers, and their over-under win total was 23. And you and I had just an in-depth, sincere conversation about whether they could get to 23. You were at the game last night. They they are now 10-6. and Are the Pacers good? Screw the 23 wins. Are the Pacers good? They are playing really well. They have got a great young core. They've been better than people thought. This rookie kid, Matherin, is a dude. He is a ball player. That is going to be the future franchise. Tyrese Halliburton leads the league in assists. I mean, he's the setup guy. Now, they've had one of the easiest schedules in the NBA. And after so the, next- the Bears, and they're 3-8. and eight. <laughs> True, right. Uh, but they're fun to watch. After the next two home games, I think they play Minnesota tomorrow and maybe the Nets on Friday. They've got like a seven-game Western roadie. We're going to find out if they're legit or not, because in those seven games, you'll see Golden State, and you'll see Utah and some of these really good teams. I mean, you're basically spending that money if you took the over on on 23, right? I mean, you're, you're already to 10. Barring injury, knock on wood, you're looking pretty good right now. That's they're fun. a fun, fun team. I love that you take your boys to the games, too. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a dude's night out. Mm-hmm. And my wife loves it because we get the hell out of the house. Right. <laughs> took, took me one time and never got invited back again. No, no. All you did was talk about Bruce Springsteen all night long. And they stopped selling beer in the fourth quarter, and it was a pretty miserable experience. What's uh, coming up on Hammer and Nigel today? Uh, we'll talk more about this big nothing burger from Delphi. Tony Katz will join us to recap his chat with Pence and the biggest stories of the day. All right, thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93. WIBC.